It's This Week in Bourbon, and we're not going to throw away our shot. Here's your headlines for March 31st, 2023. Elijah Craig has now become the official bourbon and whiskey supplier of the PGA. Chicken Cock Whiskey has released its Double Oak Kentucky Whiskey, and Rocktown introduces the Column Still Collection. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. And they're off for another Gift 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to This Week in Bourbon. And if you caught that intro there, Ryan, do you know... Even what I'm talking about. Mm, Not going to throw some, away your shot. Yeah, what, what's that on? What song, movie? That's some movie, right? Or, it's uh, my. It has been on repeat in my house. My child has Oh, fallen. it's uh, Hamilton. Yes. That's she has gone all in with Hamilton, and it is like it's on repeat around here. And so I hear the soundtrack going Wait, all the time. There's a lot of adult things in Hamilton, right? I mean, it's... It, put it put it this way the whole her whole grade is listening to it right now she's in third grade yeah there's like you know they say they say put it this way she's learned so many words if you remember back when maybe you were in the 90s like listening to gangster rap music and like you know a word would come up but you'd shut your mouth she's doing that now when like the word damn comes up she doesn't say it like she she knows all the words and then she shuts her mouth for damn and then she keeps going yeah i do like damn I'm not usually a big fan of plays and musicals because I'm like, why would you sing it? Just talk. And, <laughs> <laughs> but I did respect the the Hamilton play. We went uh, when it came to Louisville. Oh, did know. you go? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Two, three years ago. I don't know. Whatever yeah, it came. It, it was here two, two, a few years. It's Actually, it's been here twice from what I understand. Yeah. It was, I don't remember wearing a mask, so it was pre-COVID, I think. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was great. I thought it was awesome. 
I'm like, uh, even people are like, Lion King, you got to see, or you got to see Wicked. And I'm like, I go and I'm like, uh, when is intermission? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm not much of a musical person either. It, if I remember, it had to been probably 10 years ago. And I was out with Lauren and we were sitting there and we went and saw Sweeney Todd. And I don't know. Definitely don't Sweeney. know that. Oh my gosh. I I think I was 20 minutes into it and I look over to him like, what the hell's going on? I have no, I can't even comprehend the storyline. So when intermission comes around, we're sitting there literally reading the Wikipedia to understand what's happening. And I, I would have been fine leaving at intermission, but we, we stuck through, but yeah, the, the whole Hamilton thing, I saw it on Broadway in New York, not when it first came out, but it was, it was a couple of weeks or oh, a couple so you months. Saw the real one. Yeah, I it, it was a it was a gift from I was actually up in New York and then I had a coworker that was super super nice and they actually got us tickets to Hamilton, and but it, it was a it was one of those things that was the same exact thing I was it because it's New York it's super cramped and I remember just the the back seat just being right next to my knees and the person behind me just like on on my shoulders and you're sitting there the whole entire time and you're going. It, is do I understand the story correctly? Is who's which one's George Washington? And so I'm just like trying to understand what was going on with it. But that was uh yeah, but that's that's what's going on in our house right now. It's it's just constant Hamilton noise. Well, there you go. Hamilton's in the Coleman's. Yeah. I guess it could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah. So you just busted rhymes in the shower. You know? <laughs> yeah, I wish it was. I mean, I'm pretty sure one of those are gonna be earworms where it just I'm just like, yeah, not gonna throw away my Shot, shot. Alexander um, Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's fun. I guess, like I said, there could be worse things out there. That's right. It is a good show. Well, before we get into it, uh, a few announcements that we'll kind of go through first is that we have had a, a great pickup of new ambassadors for Pursuit Spirits. Thank you to everybody that has submitted all your inquiries and emails and everything like that. We are we are almost getting up to, to full staff, always looking again for more people. I think like right now, like San Antonio might be fine, um, but you know, Austin, Texas, there's a few places around Texas we still need people. But a new one is that if you're in mid-Missouri, like Lake Ozarks or Columbia or Jefferson City, somewhere around there, we could really use you as a part of that because we're starting to, to grow that area too. So just say, first off, thank you to our ambassadors and everything like that. I know there's been a lot of cool people that have messaged us and saying like, hey, I'm in LA, how can I help you? And it's like, well, we're not in California yet, but when the day comes, we could really use your help. You're our and first call. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because we had a an email with one of our other distributors and they said, listen, I am excited to see, well, A, because it's like we're over communicating now. It's like we, we did, they didn't, they, we, didn't, we weren't doing it much. Now we're doing too much. And so we're over communicating, but he said that we're actually pulling better sales numbers than most brands during the slower months of the year. So the system's working. So that's, that's all I can say is that I, I feel that we're making an impact. So it's really kind of cool to see. It's, it's really a grassroots effort. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's just it's it's so cool and you know, it's just I, I had a Steve Breen, you know, who's the original ambassador. OG number me, one called me a day and just kinda we were talking recapping and you know, he's like he's like, Another brands are trying to recruit me and I'm like, Well, I guess we'll pay more <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so 
<laughs> tell them to tell them to keep you know just shove them off be like oh, no 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 we just don't what was it? what was it don't forget who brought you to the dance is that yeah, what yeah. it is <laughs> exactly yeah remember actually i think he gave us this damn idea so that's true he couldn't yeah. run within tickets somewhere else but please don't steve we need you you've been so pivotal to this so uh yeah yeah it's been incredible thanks to everyone we'll give you a promotion we'll give you a better title with no pay raise that's right we'll give you a We'll give you two seats on Palooza on your bus <laughs> instead of one. Yeah. Uh, in our last one, as uh, kind of announcement, I know you might have heard a other ad for it recently, is that we are now doing a kind of a special promotion right now. If you've ever been interested in getting your hands on any, well, not to say any, but any right now available Bourbon Pursuit barrel pick, you can go to bourbonpursuit.com and there is a link right there on the website. There's a big yellow button that says, take me to the Bourbon Pursuit barrel picks. It'll take you to Keg and Bottle's homepage. And I think what we did, the we think there's like almost like 20 picks that are available on there. And yeah. so we just want to let you all know that there's an opportunity right now. It's not paywalled. Don't have to join our Patreon program. This is just anybody that has access to it. You can go ahead and do that. Check out, order as much as you want, you know, I would say Father's Day is coming up, but it's not. But Mother's Day is coming up, and that's just as good. Or Derby, or tax season, if you need yeah. to cry and drink some bourbon. <laughs> April 15th is coming, but, you know, this is where we developed and kind of refined our palates was doing these single barrel picks. And we have a a lot of great selections, great picks out here that people can really enjoy, you know, in our Patreon community if you're part of that, you get to come with these with us and jo and join us on these picks and help select them. So it's a very cool thing. But uh, yeah, there's some fantastic whiskey available, still available. And so uh, yeah, check them out. We don't pick. We're too insecure to put our name on anything. So everything <laughs> we do is very good. So that's the best way to say it. Yeah, I see Paul Clark in the chat said he got the the Jefferson's Wave Stave. He actually got it before we have it. Oh I mean, man, I haven't even tried it yet. I know. We we I mean we picked the barrel, but well, it's we been picked so it, long. But I haven't. It, it, that was like I think it was a year ago in March. So when we that, picked that, isn't that the crazy thing about doing these barrel picks? It's like you pick them, and it's like, well, we'll see you in a year. I know. It's everything in this business. Like time evaporates. It's like I, I feel like since we've gotten the bourbon industry, like because everything's four to six years or a year in advance, it just like makes time just evaporate. You have to plan everything in a year. And it's like, what the hell? Can't I just do something that'll happen tomorrow? <laughs> Nothing <But> no. <laughs> goes as fast as we want in this business. Nope. That's for sure. Yep. Or, and I think we'll have some other kind of cool things to announce here in the next few weeks that we can talk about. That'll take even longer, but I forgot be, we did a rum finish Jefferson's too. Oh, that, that rum finish was so good. I know. The, I know. I'm looking at the you know, Yellowstone too. We have is that we have those because me and you when we went to Maxi Tudors, huh? <laughs> you like that? We got a little. Well, I was on joke. that. <laughs> well, I was. On, I think that was my line was Maxi Tudors on this barrel pick and asked for Danny for the Yellowstone because we had this crazy character who was driving us around and got us lost on. And uh, we were driving from Limestone to Barstown and got he, he got us lost. And somehow we're in these random back rows and he's talking about, yeah, I picked up these people and they were doing backseat tutors and trying to have sex in the cabin. I couldn't, I had to just say no. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? We're just trying to go to Yellowstone to pick a barrel. 
<laughs> There's no backseat tutors going to Yellowstone today. No, definitely not. <laughs> oh, man. Always love a good drug reference every once in a while. That's right. Well, speaking of drug references, you ready to get in the first one here? <laughs> okay. Actually, it's it's true because as much as we've talked about the wine and spirits wholesalers of America, they have been against direct shipping of alcohol. They've been, or sorry, direct shipping of spirits amongst other things. However, this Surprise. might be- well, they this, can ship everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Well, this they sent a letter to Congress stating that the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America believe that it is time for Congress to legalize and regulate adult-use cannabis at the federal level. They said, we have reached this position because the current conflict between state and federal law is not only causing adverse consequences for consumers and non-consumers of cannabis, but it will also have a long-term public health and safety cost that are too great to ignore. 21 states and the District of Columbia are representing roughly half the U.S. population, and they have already legalized adult-use cannabis, yet the markets in these states remain illegal under federal law. This conflict, sorry, this conflict undermines the rule of law and weakens public health and safety while leaving states unsupported in their efforts to create safe, regulated markets and eliminate dangerous black market activity. I think we've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. The current federal system for the regulation of alcohol serves as a strong model for the structure that should be enacted for cannabis. I don't like, maybe I don't like where this is going. So the system is rooted in the principle that states that are the primary regulator of a socially sensitive product, but are supported by a strong federal system that regulates the production and interstate movement of the product. During and immediately after prohibition, a significant black market existed for alcohol. It was the cooperation between state and federal regulators that effectively ended the black market and created a legal alcohol marketplace that has evolved into a global standard for consumer safety, marketplace competition, and product diversification, all of which benefit the public. The fact that cannabis legalization at the state level is here to stay is evidenced by nearly a decade of new legalization efforts and no meaningful effort to undo them. Rather, the states that have legalized are expanding their markets and even discussing ways to begin interstate commerce of the product. Yet... They receive no support from the federal government in determining how to ensure the products are safe or that the market is fair, especially as the market becomes increasingly national in scope. This is a stark contrast with alcohol in which the U.S. Department of Treasury through the Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau not only collects taxes on the product, but also regulates the industry to ensure public health and fair market practices. So it's a lot to unpack right there. Okay. So, Okay. So they're com- for legalizing it. I, I know. I'm trying to understand want, this. But they want the three-tier system to be involved now. That's what I That's what I get out of it. Because they want to die. <laughs> if you go to the three-tier system, that's what... No, I'm kidding. But, well, no, uh, it's... Like, listen, I get it. I understand where they come from because they see this as a huge threat to what they're doing. I mean, cannabis has uprooted a lot of this, and that's what a lot of at least a lot of drink companies, they started divert diverting and, or should I say, uh, investing in everything like that into other types of industries, just because they see the way, the wave that this is going to go. The fact is, is that they look at this and they say, here's an opportunity for more government regulation to come into terms with it and maybe collect more taxes on it. And that I'm not the biggest fan of because the three tier system has already shown that it already needs reform. And now we want to go ahead and take something that's not in this reform and put it into a system that we're not already a fan of to begin with. I I just don't see the, I don't see the upside to that. Yeah. I don't either. Cause yeah. Cause cannabis is kind of like, 
it's different. Well, I guess it's not different because you have like producers producing it and selling it direct, uh, direct to consumer. Plus, right. So you don't. So you don't have like. uh, I think of a company like I guess Wana. You know, yes, I do participate in the Wana. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This whatever. I'm a huge fan of Wana. So okay, is Wana like? I don't know. Is it nationally distributed into like, you know, every state or I don't know. Maybe it's just in the like Colorado. I've been to Colorado. Um, I think I think that's one of those things. It's like they get to determine like where they go with it. But that's on a state by state level. And and the fun thing and not the fun thing, but I guess the interesting thing about this is that I know that I've talked to other people that have been interested in getting into the cannabis industry. And they said, it's going to come to Kentucky and we're ripe for it. We're going to go and we're going to prepare ourselves. And I go, you realize that everybody in Colorado and San Francisco or California and all these places that it's already legal, like they're growing up, they're building the infrastructure. Once it becomes legal in Kentucky, all they have to do is take their existing operations, transplant it or copy paste it. And at that point, you're already pushed out of the market because you can't compete with them, whether it's on size or process or anything else that has to has to do. So well, I, there, there, there is companies here doing hemp product because hemp's legal here because mm-hmm. marijuana grows incredibly well in Kentucky. And it's so stupid how, how do that you know we that? don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I may or may have not consulted on uh, <laughs> with my agriculture background on a hemp farm. Um, but uh yeah, it's there. There's hemp farms. Five or six years ago, it was a kind of a gold rush to get into the hemp industry because, uh, and as an anticipation of marijuana being legalized here. Now, Kentucky is this weird, you know. Obviously, we've talked about it, you know, with bourbon tax and stuff. But there's there's a weird dichotomy that like a lot of the people in Kentucky state power are disconnected from let's say like the the where the majority of the population is so like Louisville Lexington northern Kentucky even south central Kentucky like Bowling Green a lot of people are power in rural communities where they don't want gambling marijuana uh alcohol you know this and that bible belt exactly people have invested money here in hemp in anticipation of cannabis and so I I do think people that have done that will benefit as soon as it, if it ever legalized here, they'll all, because that's what's happened in other states is that people have gotten the hemp production first, were kind of given those licenses to do uh, marijuana, you know, when it became legal. So I think there's an opportunity here. It's just, you got to weigh it out. How long can you weigh it out? Yeah. Well, back to the news story. I just kind of yeah, yeah. look at Sorry. this. Yeah, oh, no, I, I just kind of look at this at like the wine spirits and wholesalers going like, this isn't fair. Like they get to do all this and we have to do this. Like, and all they're trying to do is, is trying to bring them under some archaic system. And I, I don't, as much as I'd like to say like, yeah, sure. Frick, let's legalize it, whatever. But they're, they're trying to pull it in and saying, well, if they have to, you know, if we have to go through all this BS, then they should go through all this BS. And I don't think that's the right answer either. No, definitely not. And that, and two, in Kentucky, I was always curious, like, it's like, okay, because I think in other states, like, where it's legal, especially in Colorado, I think alcohol consumption went down by, like, 1% or 2% when they legalized marijuana. I was curious if in Kentucky is, like, it are 
the bourbon brands, you know, just lobbying against this, you know, and with legislation. And I've, I've found out in the inner circles that they're not. Um, they just don't see it as a threat yet. Um, so it, it, it's more of just kind of like this, like you said, not Bible Belt, but just people that just don't understand, like, that there's there's still this like early nineties Reagan mentality of like, oh, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs with eggs. And you know, that's kind of like still like in some areas where it is, but but in reality you can go get it anywhere, you know. So it's like, let's just make it readily available and make tax revenue on it so we don't have to you know, send me nasty emails about this bourbon barrel tax, you know, affecting <laughs> teachers, you know, so. Yeah. Well, let's, let's keep going before we get any more hate mail from teachers or anything alike. Yep. That's right. All right. Well, this is, it's somewhat, it's a kind of a slow news week, so it's somewhat, so let's go ahead and just talk about it. So Regenified, it's the leading regenerative agriculture, it's agriculture, Ron, you might know about this. So Regenified, it's the leading regenerative agricultural certification and supply chain solution company. And today, or should I say today, as in Wednesday, it announced that it has awarded Regenified certification to Star Hill Farm, the home of Maker's Mark. So Star Hill Farm is the first farm in Kentucky and the home to the first distiller in the world to receive the recognition from Regenified for proven and evident progress in regenerative agriculture. Regenified was founded by a team of regenerative farming and ranching pioneers, experts, and innovators to promote regenerative farming practices and combat the decline of soil health due to intensive and unsustainable agricultural practices. The organization verifies and certifies that farms and ranches and their products that repair, rebuild, revitalize, and restore the function of the ecosystem and regenerate the soil for future generations. Through the certified Regenified label and the proprietary 634 verification standard, Regenified helps the supply chain, including farmers and ranchers, understand where their practices and lands are on the regenerative path. And Maker's Mark sits on more than 1,100 continu- continuous acres that make up Star Hill Farm. The brand champions regenerative farming practices throughout its land to enhance the soil, reduce carbon emissions, and maximize the flavor of everything the farm yields, including several hundred acres of regeneratively grown grain varietals. In addition to embracing regenerative farming at Star Hill Farm, Maker's Mark is sharing these practices with its grain suppliers in hopes that the iconic bourbon may one day be fully regenerative practices that give more land than they take. How many times can you say regenerative? Uh, there's a lot in there, man. <laughs> I was like, if you took a took a drink for every one, you might be you might be out. I, I'm looking at it right now. I can see nine just right here on my my text. Regenerative, regenerative, yeah, regenerative, regenerative, regenerative. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. It's playing into the whole climate emergency and climate crisis and yeah there's a that don't be there's a little bit of a climate crisis i mean we've had it's it's been some crazy weather in the past few weeks we should be we should be in spring remember about a week and a half ago it was damn near freezing so don't tell me there's not just a little bit a little bit of climate issues oh no there is it's just yeah it's they're just playing in buzzwords they're it's (laughs) I get it. And the the funny thing, I look at this is like, how do they even research and go like, you know what? We should, we should go after this certification. I think we'll, we'll make some buzz about it. But the, I will say that Maker's Mark has been on top of everything. And this also, I think, is playing into not really our generation, but the next generation. Everybody that's really worried about, uh, you know, the ecosystem and making sure that things are 
<laughs> I want to say regenerative, but I don't. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Basically, renewable. Yeah, renewable resources. They, you know, they're looking for that type of company to go and support. And I think that's probably just what they're playing into. It's like trying to figure out like what's that next generation really going to care about. Totally. Yep. I, I, I kid. I, I, I do think this is very important yes and we do need to think about the climate i was just joking because it does seem like a lot of people play on this they use the climate crisis to as a marketing thing and that that's just why i found funny but that's me just being honest and i should probably not be honest so i'm sure you'll edit this out so nope not (laughs) gonna (laughs) let it go all right cool all right more hate email let's go let's keep going (laughs) well maybe the people in new york oh there's some more uh more bottle oh, it's ASMR <laughs> Some bottle noises. So if you remember, it had to have been a few weeks ago, we talked about, remember that, that document that got leaked by Amazon saying they were going to try to change the three tier system. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well now representatives of more than 1100 New York wine and spirit shop owners, they traveled to Albany, New York to meet with legislators early this month. And this confidential document that was titled the 2021 Alcohol Public Policy Strategy showed that the e-commerce behemoth wanted to use third parties to lobby and change state alcohol laws. Among those changes targeted by Amazon is fully legalizing alcohol delivery. In Metropolitan Package Store Association and New York Liquor State, sorry, New York State Liquor Store Association and Retailers Alliance are among the groups in New York pushing back against Amazon plans. It is estimated that direct-to-consumer shipping would cost New York State 1,857 jobs and nearly $126 million in wages, shrinking New York's economy by an estimated $371 million. And this is according to data by the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America. <laughs> I'm on back, baby. So, Michael Carrera, who's, who's funding this? Yeah, all right. The distributors? <laughs> it's like anything that could be like positive where we see things happen, they always come back and go, wait a minute, hold on. We got some negative news to share. So, uh, Michael, and this is uh, this is it. One quote here, I just thought it was hilarious. We got to talk about. So, Michael Correra, he's he's the executive director of the Metropolitan Package Store Association and the owner of Michael Town Wine and Spirits in Brooklyn Heights. And he said, "When you say Siri, Siri, I need batteries, paper towels, and send me a bottle of Tito's. How am I going to compete with that?" <laughs> that was it. And I'm like, so I saw that quote, and it brings me back to everything that I have learned in my tech career, it's adapt or die. And you hear this and it's like, how am I going to compete with that? Fuck, that's not your well, problem, man. That's you, that, you, that's, you get your like, store tied to Siri. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you got to figure that shit out, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So don't sit there and say like, you can't compete with it. Like you've got to like, yeah, that's, that's what, that's America. Like it's, it's yeah, capitalism. It's, like- <laughs> it's, it's making like, and that's what Amazon's going to do. Amazon is going to try to figure out how they can make, you know, they can squeeze a, a dime out of a nickel. They will try to find every opportunity to make more money. And if it's at the cost of you losing your business, they're going to do it. But, and that's because they have adapted. They have changed the way that they do business because they see the way that the modern consumer thinks and they are there and they're continually progressing forward and they're not just trying to stick with the way it's always been. And I think that is the biggest problem that I see with all this. Yeah. Status quo is a dangerous thing, but uh, it's like, yeah, I'm just envisioning someone with a horse and buggy and they see a model T and they're like, how do I compete with this? And you're like, you you don't, you (laughs) You come out with a 
a Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you compete. <laughs> but Not totally. yeah, it's. I mean, I, there, I, like I, said, I saw that and I was just like, we have to talk about this because we talked about it already. Yeah, it's the free market. That's, I know people give me shit about, you know, whatever, my politics, whatever. But the free market is where it's at and it dictates and decides where everything should happen and what people want. Give people what they want. That's what I, all I can say about that. All right. So we are two, two, two news articles down. Uh, and both of them, we are not in favor of the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America. So Yeah, who's funding this? I want to <laughs> see their, like, who's on their contribution list? I want to see that. Because you know it's not the general consumer, because that is no. not what they're looking after. And don't get me wrong, there's a place, we, we've said this, there's a place for the three-tier system, there's a place for retailers, It, it we can include everyone and in everything. They're just, it, it can't be the same system, though, it's just. Things have changed so much between now and 19, whatever, when it ever prohibition went away. Before you know? the internet. Yeah, let's, let's go. Exactly. <laughs> there, there, there's just so much that has changed, and, the, and we're not saying we have to break it down. We just need to change it to adapt to this new modern economy. So don't just we, – we want you retailers. We want distributors to win. We want everybody to win. Let's just look at it so everybody wins. Exactly. Thank you. All right. See, politics aside, you could you play the middle card. You, you're just the you're the JFK of this era. That's what it happens. <laughs> I'll get shot in Dallas next time. <laughs> there, can't wait. <laughs> All right, bad analogy then. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> All right. By Here's... RNDC rep or something. Like <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or the WSWA. <laughs> yeah. Right. We hear Ryan's coming to town. Terrible joke. All right. Enough of that. All right, uh, last news article here. This was, I actually was very awesome to be able to see this. So the PGA of America and Elijah Craig have announced a multi-year partnership that makes Elijah Craig the official bourbon and whiskey supplier of PGA America, the PGA Championship, KPMG Women's PGA Championship, and an official partner of the PGA National Club Championship. So the Elijah Craig Bourbon Speakeasy will provide spectators at the PGA Championship at Oak Hill with a spectacular setting to savor handcrafted cocktails, including the distinctive warm spice and smooth flavor of Elijah Craig's small batch, while also enjoying an interactive signature wall and stunning views of the golf course's 12th hole. Spectators will also be able to enjoy Elijah Craig's signature cocktail, the Oak Hill Old Fashioned, which features an oak forward twist on the classic old fashioned. And Elijah Craig's award-winning bourbon and rye whiskey will also be available at concessions and hospitality areas across the PGA Championship. And the 2023 PGA Championship returns, sorry, returns to the iconic Oak Hill Country Club East Course in Rochester, New York for the 105th edition on May 15th through the 21st. Oak Hill's a sweet place. Uh, you know, going back to my turf management golf course, Oak Hill is like one of those dream courses that I want to play. Um, I probably only played it on like Tiger Woods on PlayStation 2 back in those days. <laughs> yeah, where you do the see how many how fast you can tap x or what is the power boost but l1 right it was a top L1. left corner oh, yeah yeah you, do that da, 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 da. you press the yeah. you press the joystick up or That's back right. i mean you could you could make it spin backwards you in the like, air forward, or forward. oh no i need backwards <laughs> go for the back backspin but uh this is pretty cool uh you That's know it's awesome usually we see pga it's like you know lawn jeans or rolex you know so elijah craig being part of it's very cool and uh 
I, I I've always been a huge fan of Heaven Hill products, and I'm just curious what this cost. I mean, that's got to be. Oh, it's you know, I'm sure it's not in our budget, but I think I think well, this no. is a cool thing. I mean, this goes to show just how popular bourbon is. Yeah, and I think this is this is great for the category as a whole that they have been able to look at sort of like where is where is America trending and where can they put their marketing dollars to their best use and they look at they look at this as a really good opportunity and I mean honestly I think it's a it's a great fit I mean who do you know that drinks bourbon that probably doesn't at least attempt to play around a golf once a year. I think it's, I mean, it's, it's a perfect well, intersection. When you attempt to play golf, you have to drink bourbon to make it tolerable because <laughs> it's a very hard sport. <laughs> and you're bourbon, like, I need yeah. a drink over that round. Cause yeah. I, I could sit home and not get my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I think, it, like I said, it's just a, it's a good intersection for everything. And, who doesn't like to finish the round either, you know, getting a, getting a drink at the end of, of whatever you're going to get. And I, I, like I said, I'm, get I'm you, very just excited. Get you an Oak Hill fa- old fashioned. <laughs> hey, you get me a sweet Oak old fashioned. I'm, I'm in man. There, all right. There's our idea for drink for something. <laughs> Why not? Sweet Oak old fashioned. Just a little, little bit Oak forward, a little bit of sweet Oak. Hey, Justin Thomas is in Louisville. We'll have him come and, Actually, we can't afford them. We can't afford them. No. Um, we'll, we'll look at it PGA. like a Seneca golf course pro or something. <laughs> yeah. we, I don't even think we can afford that. Yeah. We'll just afford me and Kenny. Yeah. We'll, Her like, I'm a 15 handicap, so that that's a somewhat shitty golfer. But Maybe we should just look into maybe starting like a putt-putt course first, and then we'll, we'll dive into yeah. that. Let's do Tiger Woods. Or that, or that. Speaking no, the of video putt- game. Yeah. Oh, or that, or this, that. I'm just saying, speaking of putt-putt courses, I don't know if you've seen, there's been a big craze of like over-the-top putt-putt courses that have been built where you have all these mechanics and crazy things that have been built and you can, there's bars and all this other kind of stuff. There's one in Denver. There's one in San Francisco. Have you seen them before? Is it like the the Happy Gilmore clown where he's, oh, where the, way, where the, way just more spits than the that. ball back every time? No, it's called Urban Putt. So Urban Putt. Urban Putt. So if you and I, because here's the thing now is I've done them both in San Francisco and Denver. So if you're in those areas, I guarantee it. Go and check it out. It's a oh, wow. It's a fun, really fun uh, putt putt thing. And so they've got bar, they got food, and just I'm telling you, over the top putt putt where it's the best 18 holes you ever play. That looks awesome. Yeah, that's like. Not uh, the putt-putt I'm used to at Gatlinburg, <laughs> Panama City. <laughs> yeah, where it's just like some run-down <laughs> turf that you're just like, well, this looked That's good kinda, probably in 1997. And the the turf's kind of like, you got some added like peaks you got to go through because <laughs> yeah. the, the, the turf's like worked its way up. Yeah, like concrete some sides because they, they just made these things permanent. Yeah, and there's some wrinkles in the, <laughs> the, the turf. Yeah, it's not even real bunkers. It's just all concrete. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, well, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with some bourbon release news. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, 
Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Back with some bourbon based news, and some people in the chat were saying, you know, we probably left something out that might be something that I've never actually done before. You ever done disc golf before? Oh yeah, my my whole crew at Go Green they love disc golf. They play like it's insane. They have like all the different ones that are like drivers and putters and irons. They have like these backpacks they carry with like ten different frisbees, and then they like roll around coolers of beer with them. Uh, I don't know. They they love it. Is I mean honestly, I, I'm 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 really green at this. Is it are the frisbees like to be? difference between like an iron and a driver they just weight it differently like is there can you yeah, just like not great question. throw it as hard that you wanted to go like i i, I really I think don't the know. drivers can like go they don't curve as much or something i don't know it's i, I have no idea it's right. it's well, fascinating though all right so i guess i gotta pick up that i gotta pick up pickleball so i can pick up with you uh, pickleball's where it's at well, also in the chat, a lot of people are talking about soccer golf. I've never done soccer golf either. For somebody that I played soccer for 15 years of my life, and I've never played soccer golf. I've seen videos of it. It'd be fun, but I don't know anywhere in Louisville that you could do that. Well, we'll probably be better at soccer golf than real golf. <laughs> That's probably true. I'll do that any day. Anything but real golf, we're probably good at. <laughs> it's good just at golden so tea. frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Good golden tee. A1. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's talk about some whiskey. So Traverse City, their portfolio premium whiskeys and their bourbons made in Michigan, they unveiled their finishing series. It's a set of three types of whiskeys finished up for up to 12 months in unique wine casks. For first is their port barrel finish. It's a bourbon fish featuring their classic straight bourbon mash bill, which is a 75-21-4, aged for five years and rested for nearly 12 months in a massive 300 liter ruby port wine barrel. That's 100 proof. They also have their Cab Franc barrel finish, and that's their 100% straight rye whiskey, 
aged for five years and rested for nearly 12 months in Cabernet Frank barrels from an artisan northern Michigan winery, from, from an artisan in northern Michigan winery region. And that's at 97 and a half proof. And the last one is their sherry barrel finish. And it's a unique high rye bourbon whiskey mash bill of 60% corn, 30, 36% rye, and 4% malted barley which was aged for five years in new American oak barrels and rested in Pedro Zinema's sherry wine barrels for nearly 12 months and 95 proof. Whiskey enthusiasts can now purchase this complete set of three or individuals at the company's two tasting rooms and online at tcwhiskey.com for $60 a piece. Hmm. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the, the squib mash bills. It did 75, a little 21, bit. 4 and the 60... 36, 4. Yep. Yeah, 36, 4. I mean, it did say, actually, we have, we've actually had, we picked a barrel from T- Travis before and it was MGP, but it did say their portfolio of premium whiskeys and bourbon made in Michigan. So that made me think a little bit differently, but I know we have picked a barrel from them before and it's, it's squib juice. Yeah. I'm not sure if they've transitioned or not. And they did, I, I think we talked about where they were going to build this like massive new distillery and visitor center whatnot there in Traverse. So. I heard Traverse City's awesome. I haven't, I, I keep, we look at going to Michigan to, in the summer, but it's like, it's like it's booked all the time. Like you can't find <laughs> anything. Really? You're like, you're like, you look in January to go August, like booked, sorry. And you're like, well, I guess I'm not going. I don't know. Isn't there, are they the ones that do all the cherry stuff too? Yeah, they have those cherry, the cherries are great. John Henderson sent me a thing of cherries from Traverse City. They're amazing. They're okay. good. Comp- it's the closest thing to like uh, Luxardos that aren't Luxardos. Ooh. So all they're right. really good. You might have me sold on that one. We'll have to figure out what it's all about. Yeah, it's good stuff. So Iowa's Cedar Ridge Winery and Distillery, they've launched their latest expression, which is barrel proof straight bourbon and whiskey. This is crafted from 74% corn, 14% rye, and 12% malted barley. The whiskey is aged in char number three barrels and non-chill filtered, and all Cedar Ridge barrels are aged in non-climate-controlled rickhouses, exposing exposing them to the temperature swings of over 100 degrees each year, resulting in a unique flavor profile particular to Iowa's climate. So fans of Cedar Ridge's original 86 bourbon will love this bolder, 116-proof whiskey, along with the straight bourbon whiskey and the quintessential Cedar Ridge Distillery continues to build on its portfolio whiskey, which now includes limited releases of award-winning bottled and bond and double barrel bourbons. 100 degrees, huh? Bet, 100 degrees swings, I, apparently. I bet most states have that. If you, But yeah, I, I don't know. I've never been to Iowa. It's like north, something, north central. I don't know. You're in the Hawkeye state right there, man. You're in wrestling territory. Yeah, I'm not a wrestler. That's that's what I grew up with, man. It was It's like Penn State. Ohio State, Iowa, and, and even Cedar Iowa Ridge State. is uh, the one that did the Slipknot yep. thing. Was that Cedar Ridge? Okay, that is, that's them. That's them. And Cedar Ridge Fred is also the them. one. Well, yeah, Cedar Ridge is also the one that outsells Maker's Mark in Iowa. Okay, well, so they might be doing something sense. right. Yeah. yeah, that is the. I'll use the word quintessential again. That is the quintessential definition of owning your backyard, right there. That's right, Dave Pickerel's advice. Mm-hmm. So he said, own your yard. That's how to do it. Yep. All right. We got three more to go here. This next one's uh, pretty quick. So Molson Coors and their subsidiary of Coors Whiskey Company. More popsicles. Oh, Beer actually, you're right. They've been in the, the news two times this week. <laughs> no, no. They're actually doing a new bourbon. They've unveiled Barman 1873 bourbon. 
So it's going to start hitting shelves April 3rd, and Barman 1873 joins the roster alongside Coors Five Trail Blended American Whiskey. So Barman 1873 is a blend of two bourbons. The brand combines the Coors family's German hometown and the year the Coors Brewing launched. Barman 1873 will be co-displayed with Coors Banquet in some locations. This bourbon is 92 proof and has a suggested retail price of around $40 to $43 per bottle. Man, I love Banquet beer. That's, that's, that's my jam. I love Coors Banquet. You know, that's probably the probably what they're missing in all this and their market research. It's like, let's figure out who's our Coors Banquet beer drinkers. And let's see if we can pair a whiskey to go right alongside Coors Banquet and we'll be able to capitalize on that market. So you're saying a bullet ba- banquet bullet maker? <laughs> yeah. Why why not? A barman banquet bullet maker. I've never been a bullet maker fan. Oh it's hell like, no. I mean I've done one before, but they're I'm not a fan. By the way, yeah, it makes the whiskey taste like way too corny or something. I don't know. I think, dude, I just, I'm uh, either going to drink beer or I'm going to drink whiskey. Well, that's, that's the thing is like a bullet maker, like it doesn't make sense. If anybody that doesn't know, a bullet maker is literally, you drop a, a shot of whiskey into your beer and you just chug it. And it is not a, it's not a pleasurable experience. No, I remember I had to do that bourbon beyond talk. It was like pairing bourbons with beer. It was like with the Lagunitas and Danny Con. It was a fascinating thing. And I'm like. Guys, I, I'm never gonna do this. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, a, a lot of people come and it's like, I can't pair bourbons and beers. It's like I want to drink them independent. I don't want them <laughs> together. Oh, man. but I know some people do. Sorry, I'm not I, that cool. I'm I'm kind of with you. It's got got to be in that mood. But I mean, to be fair, I actually I'm never had a, in that mood. <laughs> I, had, I had a beer earlier and then I switched to bourbon. But I'm not. I'm not like pairing them together i'm just no never i've never thought like you know what this beer would go great with a bourbon (laughs) or vice versa you know what this Coors light's missing right now (laughs) a good a good mgp 96 proofer yeah i've never had a banquet and been like you know i bet those they could come up with a five trail that really goes with this (laughs) you're right we're we're missing we missed the mark there yep all right, so uh, one of the second-to-last stories here, but on the top of the list, was that Rocktown Comstill Collection. This is a new expression where every sip takes you on a journey through the heart of Kentucky and straight to the soul of Arkansas. And before we get started, I want to mention that I really love, I'm going to preface this that I love this because, Ryan, you're going to remember that this particular distillery sent this question as a topic for us to uh, discuss on the podcast one time. So this collection was born out of a quest to bring forth the best of both worlds together in a single bottle of bourbon. So in March of 2020, head distiller Phil Brandon set on a mission to find the way to keep up with the demand for Rocktown bourbon. The search ended when he discovered the collaborative distilling program offered by Barstown Bourbon Company, which allowed him to use his own bourbon recipes in the same Arkansas-grown grains that have helped produce the quality that Rocktown is known for. Working with their grain partners at Stratton Seed from Stuttgart, Arkansas, 180,000 pounds of Arkansas-grown corn and wheat were trucked 500 miles to Bardstown, Kentucky. And so the adventure began, making Arkansas bourbon in the heart of Kentucky. So they had three new expressions. You got the small batch at 92 proof and the single barrel cash drink that were column distilled at Bardstown Bourbon Company. And the mash bill is 79% Arkansas corn, 
8% Arkansas wheat and 13% malted barley. There's also a toasted French oak finish at 100 proof. And these are all aged to perfection at Rocktown Distilleries Barrel House in downtown Little Rock. The only thing I don't have is the price on them. But do you remember this question that was in a like ask pursuit for advice where he said, mm-hmm. do I, do, I yeah. expand my distillery or do I go and source other things? And yeah. this this was the the answer that came out of it. It was a wise decision. I mean, because <laughs> utilize the facilities at Bardstown Bourbon Company, it's it's a repeatable science just using your specific grains and mash bills. I think it's I think it was the right move. I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I thought it was a, an interesting thing to see because I remember very vividly talking about this on that episode. I wish I would have pulled it up and we'd have the, the episode number, but it was something where he did ask and he says right now it's like do you invest in your own distillery and keep growing it or do you source to try and and just, you know, have product? And I remember our answer was, if you want to stay true to yourself and people like your product, don't go sourcing. Like, try to figure out right. another yeah. way to kind of go around it. And I'm, I'm glad to see that this was, this is what happened. This is what came out of it. So, very, very cool to see. Here we are a few years yeah. later. Now we see the, the fruits of something come to fruition, I guess you could say. I just want to try it now. No, no, me too. For our free advice. (laughs) Actually, what it was, it was a free advice from Pursuit episode. We had had two of those. We should probably do another one soon. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So our last news article is that Chicken Cock has released a double oak Kentucky whiskey. Remind you, Kentucky whiskey, which is aged for eight years. So the special release was created in response to the increased consumer demand for double oak whiskey, which, according to Nielsen, is growing at 18% compared to the overall whiskey category growth of only 1% year over year. The history behind Devil Oak goes back to 2014 barrel shortages when Cooperages just couldn't make barrels due to the unusually heavy precip- precip- wait, does it say precipitation? Oh yeah, it is. Heavy precipitation that impacted logging. Dist- distilleries continued to make whiskey, but they were forced to put whiskey in, in used barrels. Because one of the key requirements is being labeled a Kentucky straight bourbon, this liquid must be aged in new white American oak barrels. So Chicken Cock American, sorry, Chicken Cock Whiskey Devil Oak is a combination of two distinct barrel finishings, a seven-year-old Kentucky whiskey, which was aged in used barrels, and then transferred into new white American oak barrels, which were placed on the top floor of the Rick House at Barstown Bourbon Company during one of the hottest Kentucky summers on record, which is perfect for aging whiskey. After about 18 months in American oak barrels, and new ones, should I say, the team bottled chicken cock double oak, making it an eight-year-old Kentucky whiskey, bottled in a Prohibition-era chicken cock replica apothecary-style at 92 proof and available nationally at retail and online for $100. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess if it's a seven, eight, I guess that was right around time the barrel shortage was probably going on. What seven that was plus like, years ago? Yeah. Now we're back at it again. So it's like a every seven year storm. Well, we'll know because I'm just kidding. The, yeah, yeah. The whiskey that's being bought now was turning the barrel shorters in but uh yeah i'm just saying uh, you can't get barrels now but that's a different for a different reason yeah there's plenty of wood now it's just there's no labor to allegedly to to do the stave process or whatever state bill process um yeah yeah that's one it is one interesting thing that bourbon's gonna have to think about in the future it's like okay we've kind of hung our hat on this new white oak 
or virgin white oak thing. It's like how, you know, you want to play on buzzwords of doing renewable farms or whatever, regenerative crops and blah, blah, blah. The barrel's got to be regenerative and they're not quite, you know, to be bourbon. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that and chicken cock's probably like, why the hell are you bringing this into our, our release story? But, uh, that just, that's where, that's where my mind goes. Um, well, it, it reminds me because we've got an, I, I get to listen to all the new episodes going to come out cause I have to make all the show notes and all this other stuff for post-processing and stuff like that. And, and we have one coming out with Andrew, Andrew Weebrink of ISC and you go and you say, and you ask Andrew, are we experiencing the bourbon shortage because of toasted barrels? Because people are just using them for three months and yeah, then yeah. tossing them. Right. So stay tuned for that one. But the one thing that I found really interesting about this is that they are capitalizing on that double Oak name. It's a, this is the, this is a very, very smart move because oh, most yeah, people he's... are not going to, they will look past the the fact that it doesn't say bourbon on it, but it'll say chicken cock, Kentucky whiskey, double oaked. They won't even think, they won't even think twice. Yeah, they'll say double oaked. That's all that's going to happen. And so I think this is going to go off very well. I'm, I really cannot wait to get a, a sample of this. And it almost makes me think, like have a small tendency, but I'm not going to act upon it to say, what if we got some of those MGP light whiskey barrels and double oaked it? And we had like 14 year double oaked. Like would people go crazy for it? I have no idea. Probably. Yeah. You just got to give it a fancy name. Like, uh, I don't know. But yeah, it's... You're 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 right. I, I, it's a brilliant move because people would see American whiskey and be like, uh, I don't know." But now it says double, double oak. <laughs> well, in that case, I'll give it a go. Yeah, that was like, "Ooh, I like wood for double oak." So I'm gonna do chicken cock double oak. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I am excited to try because I am interested to see if you take because that's the thing with using a previously used barrel is that you know we've had it with corn whiskey or light whiskey or whatever. It just doesn't have, you know, there's good flavors, but it doesn't have that richness that a new charred oak barrel is. But now taking that input in a, a toasted barrel or whatever. Yeah. I'm interested to see. You kind of like reverse it. You know, it's like, instead of having right. a, you know, a, a, a new barrel for seven years and then rebarrel, it's like you have the used barrel and then you kind of just give a little bit of oomph to it. And then I, I love what at home dad says in the chat. He's like, Oh, that case, well, you might as well just triple barrel it. I'm like, God damn it, that's a good idea too. Yeah, I do love it. Says, why would you double barrel something during a barrel shortage? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good point, Paul. You know, uh-huh. that's that's not what people care about, though. You people know, will spin the marketing message however they want, <laughs> whether it's regenerative farming or <laughs> we we're conserving barrels, but doing used barrels, but they were putting him in a new barrel. I don't know. It's all shenanigans, whatever. At the end of the day, I think people are just going to drink what they want and that's what's yeah. going to win. That's right. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm really looking forward to this release just because I want to try it just Me for, too. just for curiosity purposes. And who knows, maybe there'll be a, a pursuit whiskey, double, triple oats one of these days because we'll be like, shit, that was a great idea. Let's go ahead and just run with that too. Yeah, let's just fill in our used barrels and put in a new barrel. <laughs> yeah, why not? We'll just we'll just keep swapping barrels until it starts tasting good. That's why we're sustainable. We use cubes because we're regenerative. Exactly. We're, exactly. Yep. We're, we're, we are thinking about the planet. Just one barrel at a time. That's right. One cube at a time. 
Well, that'll do it for this week in bourbon. And there was actually wasn't a whole lot of news, but I think we did a really good job of filling up time with a bunch of banter. Yeah, sorry. I just rambled a lot tonight. <laughs> it's okay. That's what I love about it. And that's what people love about the show too. Yep. But uh, until next week. Yeah. Cheers, everybody. Toodles. <laughs>